Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. <laughs> With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No. I'm geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. What's up and welcome in another edition of Hardwood Handicappers. Please like, rate, review, subscribe. Always appreciate it. Massive day today. Yeah, we're still recording on a Thursday NFL draft. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers news have come down in the last, I'd say, hour or so that he wants to get out of Green Bay to give you an idea of when we are recording this. So it's a pretty nutty day and I'm looking forward to it. Love the NFL draft, so I'll be on draft coverage later. But by the time you're listening to this, it's probably going to be all over, so we won't spend a second on it. We have a lot to get to today, though. Uh, really excited. We have good guest as well coming up later in the pod. Chris Miles, NBA TV, is going to be with us. Uh, focus of the attention on the play-in situations going on in the NBA. I think the NBA has really hit it out of the park, man. Like so many of these games, last night's Lakers-Wizards game meant something. So many of these contests really matter with this new format. And I think the NBA has done a really good job implementing this because Teams 7 through, shoot, we'll call it 11, depending on the conference, right? The Eastern Conference, the Bulls kind of still in it. Really matter. And, of course, in the Eastern Conference, the teams that are 6 and 7, Celtics and Heat, dead heat. No pun intended. Between those two in terms of where they stand in the standings, Boston right now is a tiebreaker. So, man, everything coming down the stretch here in the last week is going to be absolutely incredible. But, Let's start with uh, a couple of things that I really wanted to touch on. Not a lot of hardwood headlines. We'll get to that. There is one story we should touch on. It does involve one of those play-in teams. But I wanted to go back to last night, Wednesday night, and tie it forward into some relatively bigger pictures. And I wanted to start with the Los Angeles Lakers, who last night take on the Washington Wizards. Wizards end up with a very strong 116-107 victory at home. Maintain their hot stretch. They are now 9-1 straight up in their last 10 games. And that one loss, by the way, was a loss to San Antonio in overtime, which Bradley Beal was going absolutely nuts. So the Wizards have really, really been impressive over the last few games. And we're going to talk about them, too, because uh, they are very much one of the bigger stories over the last month. But we want, I wanted to start with the Los Angeles Lakers because I think the Lakers are a pretty, pretty fascinating study. And I wrote about this a little bit this morning as part of the game notes, again, recording on Thursday, but 
I don't want to say there was a thought that everything was fixed once Anthony Davis came back, because that's not the case. I don't think anybody thinks that the Lakers are, are fixed, per se, now that Davis is back on the floor. But there is no question that the Lakers' power rating has definitely been altered with Anthony Davis on the floor. And you know, it should be, right, to a certain extent. But are we talking about the power rating maybe being a little too strong right now for the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Since Anthony Davis has come back, the Lakers have played four games, two games against Dallas, Orlando, and Washington. They are 1-3 straight up. They are 0-4 against the spread, part of a larger 1-4 straight up, 0-5 against the spread streak. But I'm going to focus on these games with Anthony Davis because there's something to be said that Anthony Davis is a really good player, but the solo version of the Lakers in terms of Anthony Davis on the floor, LeBron James off the floor, Anthony Davis solo, it's just not a team that works entirely too well, right? And we have a lot of numbers that really point to this. And, and I really wanted to drive this home because the Lakers have been a team that over the last few games, not all four of them, in two of them, I've played against. And it's because the market, I think, thinks this version of the Lakers is stronger than it really is, right? Case in point, we look at some of the numbers overall. Anthony Davis on the floor this season, LeBron James off the floor this season. Lakers net rating, negative 9.2. Defensive rating in those minutes, 120.1. So they're outscored by 9.2 points every 100 possessions. They give up 120.1 points every 100 possessions. It's just, to me, that's when you initially think about it, you would think that defensively they'd be better with the offense that suffers. And look, the offense isn't that great. Offensive rating, 110.9. But the defense really is not good with the solo version of Anthony Davis. It's just not. And we have seen this time and time again. I shouldn't say time and time again. We can go back to last year, right? Last year was the same thing except on a much smaller scale. Because if you remember, the Lakers for a really good stretch were getting outscored by quite a bit when Anthony Davis on the floor with, when LeBron James is off. You actually end up last year with just a negative 0.3 net rating. Very average with Anthony Davis on the floor and LeBron James off the floor. But it just goes to show you, because that's a good term for it. Do I think that the Lakers with Anthony Davis on the floor without LeBron James is a team that is on the same wavelength as the Orlando Magic, Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets? No, of course not, right? The negative 9.2 net rating will likely correct itself at some point, but so will the defense. But those numbers just show you that this version of the Lakers is a relatively average team. And so, when they go on the road to take on the Washington Wizards, who at that point had won eight out of nine games, right, coming off of the overtime loss to the San Antonio Spurs, it is a little overzealous, I thought I had to think of a word, to make that Lakers team a road favorite. And sure enough, what happens, the Washington Wizards win relatively comfortably, back and forth in the first quarter, separate themselves in the second, drop 61 in the first half, open up as high as a 19-point lead against the Los Angeles Lakers, and end up winning by double digits. So while this team, I still think, is capable of maintaining course and kind of floating water, right, as you, treading water, I think is a more proper term, as you wait for LeBron James to come back, we have to keep in mind that this version of the Lakers is still either average, below average, mediocre, whatever you want to use, but the market sees Anthony Davis on the floor and thinks that this team is much better than the version that was without both of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and it's just not the case. So the Lakers are going to be on the list of teams to play against here over the next few weeks until the market, the power rating, has corrected itself here. And keep in mind, too, with the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, as we look going forward, Talking about their their upcoming schedule. Sacramento, Toronto, Denver, Clippers, Trailblazers, Suns, and Knicks. They have a really hard schedule coming up. We don't know when LeBron's going to come back. But over those next few games, Sacramento, Toronto, Denver, Los Angeles, Clippers. You know, you could be finding some watered-down numbers for some of these teams that we're talking about. Specifically, the Clippers, the Nuggets, maybe the Raptors. We'll see as they have kind of become whole a little bit again. But the Lakers are definitely going to be on the list of teams to play against here in the next couple of games just because I think the market, and it's been profitable so far, the market has been a little overzealous in the way that it has updated this team, upgraded this team from a power rating perspective. Now, as for their opponents on Wednesday, 
The Washington Wizards have been absolutely incredible lately. Quite the story here now. Nine out of ten wins. If you go back since April 5th, Washington Wizards 11-3 and straight up with the ninth best net rating in the league, outscoring opponents by 4.4 points every 100 possessions. Offense still needs some work. Look, Russell Westbrook, the triple doubles are great. The numbers bear it out, though, right? Not the most efficient offense, even with him on the floor running the show and dropping triple doubles almost every single night. The biggest change for Washington, and Russell Westbrook has a positive impact on this, has been their defense. They have the, over that stretch, again, 14 games since April 5th. And these are non-garbage time minutes, by the way, that we're reciting here. So this is via cleaning the glass, takes out all the garbage time minutes, blowouts, things like that. 109.3 points, every 100 possession in non-garbage time minutes for the Washington Wizards. Their defense has been one of the best in the NBA over the last 14 games, over the last month. And it's a reason why they have won 11 of 14 games and find themselves strongly inside of the play-in picture at this point right now. The defense has been rock solid. Absolutely rock solid. And you go back to yesterday, Los Angeles Lakers. Offensive rating against the Wizards, 107. This Wizards team is legitimately solid. (laughs) I know that sounds like a weird comment, but you know, it is. Just given where this team was and the Wizards, I keep going back to this. With the Wizards... With the Celtics, with the Heat, these are three teams, not the only teams, but these are three teams that were, for lack of a better term, ravaged by COVID this season. The Wizards were going through a stretch. If you remember going back to, I'm going to look at their schedule, near the beginning of the calendar year, the Washington Wizards had a stretch of games where they were finally starting to get guys back. And they played a two-game set against the Miami Heat. It was February 3rd, February 5th. It was right around that time. And they're beat to hell. Guys are barely starting to come back. They they split a two-game set with Miami. They continue limping along, going along. And then you start to see little stretches. From Valentine's Day to February 22nd. They win five consecutive games, culminating with the win over the Los Angeles Lakers. Remember, that was the FU ball from LeBron. That was a stretch where they won seven out of eight. Go through a little bit of a lull. And then they start to pick things up again in April. Like, this is a team that I think, like, I picked them in our NBA guide to make the postseason just to be the eighth seed. This is more of the team I expected. Now, I will say, to be fair, I'm not Nostradamus here, and I'm not saying I deserve credit for this. You know, I thought they were going to be much better offensively. And 13th is nothing to sneeze at. Again, over the last 14 games, The defense has been absolutely incredible. And now we reach a situation where you look at this in the Eastern Conference standings, and I wish we offered... Not even two weeks ago, man. Man, I wish there was more of this uh, in this jurisdiction. Not even two weeks ago, you could have gotten the Washington Wizards a 3-1 to make the postseason. Now you can't even find them on the board anywhere, given how hot they are. But right now they're the 10 seed. One and a half games behind the Indiana Pacers. Two games behind the Charlotte Hornets. Four and a half games behind the Miami Heat. Do I think they make it all the way up there? No, of course not, right? We were talking about, I think, like nine games left to play, something like that for a lot of these teams. That's going to be a really tough sell to make it all the way up there. You're talking about not losing a single game and having a lot of people lose in front of you. But with a two-game stretch over Chicago, they're comfortably inside this play-in spot. They should, I think they should be favored to take one of these play-in seats. Right? Again, because remember, you know, we win one, you have to win two games. At this point right now, it would be a matchup with the Indiana Pacers. And then the win- the loser of Miami-Charlotte, who knows if Charlotte's going to be healthy by that time. Charlotte's going to be an underdog to Miami in that play-in situation. Charlotte's going to be an underdog to Boston, who they just lost to the other day. Because remember, Boston's tied with the Miami Heat. But the Washington Wizards right now are the second-best team in the play-in situation. And there's an argument that they could be first because their offense is way better than the Miami Heat's at this point right now. And then you get to the bigger picture where you start to go back over the season that was for the Washington Wizards, and you go back to January 3rd, January 31st, why those dates matter? Those are two wins for the Washington Wizards over the Brooklyn Nets, who would be their first-round opponent. Now, do I think that Washington would be able to beat Brooklyn in a best-of-seven series? No, especially with James Harden in the fold, right? James Harden wasn't, the, uh, wasn't on the floor for these games. But do I think that Washington would be able to cover some spreads? It'd be a pain in the ass for the Brooklyn Nets. You're damn right I do. 
So it becomes fascinating because the Wizards now have all of a sudden become this bet-on team that have been playing extremely good defensive basketball and match up really well with the team that would potentially be in front of them in the number one overall seed in the Brooklyn Nets. So kudos to Washington men. This has been fun to watch. This is why the play-in matters, right? These teams that get off the slow starts get second chances at life. And the Washington Wizards are one of them. Extremely impressive. One of the better stories of the regular season. It's been absolutely fantastic to look at at this point right now. Really quickly as well, I want to touch on the fact that uh, one of our hardwood headlines, San Antonio Spurs guard Derek White expected to miss the rest of the season due to sprained right ankle. He's averaging a career-high 15.4 points per game. Spurs' third-leading scorer behind DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray. So what does it mean for San Antonio? Look, in terms of the quest for a play-in spot, I think they're going to be fine. The New Orleans Pelicans have fallen apart of the seams. They're four games behind Golden State for the 10 seed. Four and a half games behind the San Antonio Spurs, who are in the 9 seed. They are comfortably in at this point right now. And White is a very good he's – a, he's a really solid piece for them, right? You don't score 15 and a half points per game and not be a solid piece for certain teams. Offensive rating when he's on the floor, 114.7. Offensive rating when he's off the floor, 110.1. So a 4.6 point difference there. They actually have a – there's a really big discrepancy. On the floor for White, 4.1 net rating. Off the floor, negative 1.4. So he's a really positive impact for this team. Is Derek White the difference between winning a play-in situation and not? Potentially, right? The Memphis Grizzlies have been playing really good basketball. The series that they have all of a sudden entered into here with the Portland Trailblazers, they played three out of the last four games against one another. Looks like they are destined to face one another again for the second consecutive year in the play-in. That's a fascinating storyline in and of itself. But they do get Golden State potentially, San Antonio. And Golden State, as we know, right? Steph Curry goes on that 14-game stretch where he scored nearly 40 points per game, but Golden State's still over that stretch. 18th in offensive efficiency. It's a team that has its flaws. And so I do think that San Antonio, this Derek White injury sucks big time. But San Antonio, I would not alter their odds greatly since they have lost Derek White. think they'll miss him in, you know, like a series against the Utah Jazz, right? Where you need all hands on deck offensively to keep up with that kind of a team. But in terms of competing for this play-in, whether it's Dallas, Portland, Memphis, Golden State, who they're going to be facing in this play-in situation, I wouldn't alter it greatly here for the San Antonio Spurs. All right, hey, before we get to our uh, a guest on the podcast, Chris Miles again, NBA TV is going to be with us. I was texting Mitch Moss earlier today, and I just want to throw this out there. I think I'm okay. But there might be a push coming up here from somebody for the crown for my boy Julius Randle for most improved player of the year. The last 16 games, 24.1 points per game, Eight rebounds, shooting 57% from the floor, 44.6% from three-point range. On the season, 44% on about four more three-point attempts per game, over 60% from two-point range. He's doubled up his scoring average from a season ago. He's 20-1 to over at BetMGM. If Michael Porter Jr. steals this award from my boy, Julius Randle, we riot. We riot. We go in the streets. We burn things down. I don't write. I did throw a little bit on 20 to 1 just in case. But it should be Julius Randle's to lose. Just keep an, eye, keep an eye on the name Michael Porter Jr. over the next 9 to 10 games and when the season ends and when we finally get to these awards. He'll finish pretty high and most improved, but he should not surpass my guy Julius Randle. All right, again, like, rate, review, subscribe. A little bit of a skinny episode here today because we do have a lot of draft stuff to do uh, personally. But Chris Miles uh, was absolutely fantastic. A lot more on the playing situation, what he thinks of a lot of these teams. A little bit on the most improved as well. But remember, please like, rate, review, subscribe. And feedback is always welcome at me, JVT, up on Twitter, J-O-N-V-O-N-191 at yahoo.com as well. Shoot an email. Put hardwood handicappers in the subject line. Answer any questions here on the pod next Thursday. And again, uh, you know, I've said this a couple of times now, but responsibilities are changing at work so we'll see when i can fit this in uh but we'll look to try to add to more of the podcast lineup in terms of frequency once we get to the postseason discover betmgm the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for non-stop action all winter long 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Interact with the show on Twitter at me, JVT, at Roach underscore 97, and at VSIN Live. All right, let's welcome in our next guest here on the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, Chris Miles. Nice enough to give us some time. NBA TV host, NBCS Washington as well. Chris, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate the time as always. I actually, I wanted to start with this. You know, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, people will be listening to it today, tomorrow. I saw you retweeting some NFL draft stuff. Uh, you were a big NFL fan. Um, yeah, actually, uh, one of my first jobs as far as covering pro sports was in New Orleans covering the Saints uh, during that Super Bowl run and Drew Brees' heyday. So, um, yeah, I'm always in, in tune and in touch with the, with the NFL. And also, I do work in Washington, D.C. with the uh, 1067 fans. So I'll have some NFL draft coverage on Friday night as well. Yeah, well, I am a um, I'm a Colts fan, so I remember that Saints Super Bowl run very well, considering that it was a very disappointing time. And I will always attend, will always blame it on Hank Baskett, the fact that he couldn't catch the onside kick off of his face mask. But uh, that, those are those are very painful memories. Uh, how much are you into the draft? Like, are you? Well, first off, let me ask you this really quickly: Where's your allegiances lie? Like, uh, are you loyal to a certain team? Oh yeah, I'm a Giants fan through and okay. through. Um, and yeah. we, we've had some great years, and I blame it on injuries and craziness the past decade. I mean, you look at David Wilson with a neck injury, then Odell Beckham, you know, kind of going sideways. I, I, I think Saquon's injury this year uh, set the Giants back. I think, yep. you know, if we do well in this draft, things could uh, really start to turn around for this franchise for a while. But I tell you, uh, as, as a Colts fan, I actually covered Virginia Tech football when they played Stanford in the, I believe it was the Orange Bowl. And I'll never forget. Andrew Luck the first time I I crossed paths with him because that dude, you know, you see quarterbacks all the time in college and you're like, oh, is he going to, he walked over and I was like, why is the linebacker sitting down here to do this interview? (laughs) You know, seriously, I couldn't believe this was the quarterback. And then he was the nerdiest guy I'd ever uh, heard speak. And I'm like, who am I actually interviewing right now? And then he made one pass out of the end zone against a blitz. And I saw John Elway stand on the sidelines and go, wow. So I'm I'm actually uh, you know saddened by his career being cut short by injuries, but he has to be the best you know pro prospect I ever saw uh, within ten yards. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? It's because I'm always I'm very much pro player in any situation. So a guy choosing health over careers always something you applaud him for. 
but he at like the way he left the game almost like Barry Sanders like it it gives his career a mystique you know what i mean like what could have been what you saw from him and what could have been from that guy like it always leaves you wondering but it leaves his career I, it, it's a very unique way to go because you consider him one of the greats but we never really got to see him fully evolve yeah um and i think you know anytime it's a neck injury i was always surprised by Peyton yep. Manning coming back and get that last super bowl but man that just sounds like something you don't want to mess around with Yep. All right. Well, we brought you on to talk some hoops. So let's talk about it. Uh, the the nitty and the gritty is here. We're down to about the last 10 games or so. Uh, I think first off, this is kind of where I wanted to start because this has become more a part of the conversation. Jockeying for seeding is great. And, you know, the Suns got a massive win yesterday over the Clippers. The Clippers now all of a sudden find themselves in a situation where they could be a four seed by the end of the weekend. Uh, but these play-in games, Chris, I got to say, I think the NBA, look, I think they hit it on the head. Like we're talking about teams seeded seven through 10. All of these games mean something now. It was a massive game last night for the Washington Wizards. I think the play-in games, I know a lot of people, I think, kind of push back on them. I think they're brilliant because it gives so much more meaning to these regular season games down the stretch for teams that we usually wouldn't be talking about. Well, I think, let's start here. You use Mm -hmm. the Washington Wizards as an example, and they're the reason that you have this play-in situation. You know, it's almost like ancient history when you think of the start of the year and the fact that they missed, what, six straight games with COVID protocols, and they're a team that just could not get right after that. Um, So I I really do think when you look at what happened with them and Russell Westbrook and the kind of historic season he's now having, I mean, this is a guy that wasn't an all-star that might be all-NBA. Man, I I think that the NBA got it right with the play-in situation simply because it's supposed to be for teams like the Wizards that they anticipated teams would have issues with COVID protocols and that it would cost them in the standings. And if they make a late season push, they could do something remarkable. So we're starting to see that. And if it, if the wizards are successful, this plays out well for the NBA in making that decision. Yep. And I think, you know, if the wizards are a pretty unique team. I think that, you know, the heat had their COVID issues. The Celtics had their COVID. Frick, I mean, Jason Tatum still talking about you using an inhaler right now, right? Because he's had to deal with COVID. So you're, you're right. Like the 72 game season is a long time. We forget what happens in December and January, but we don't realize what these teams were going through. You know, I thought Beal and Westbrook were going to fit great together in our, our preseason magazine here at Visa. And I picked them to be the eight seed. I thought they would be it. And sure enough, they're on their path. So let's stick with the wizards in your mind, the legitimacy of this run here, because now they're nine and one in their last 10 games, right? Plus eight net rating. I think it's fifth in the league over that 10 game stretch. When we're talking about them not only making it to the play-in, but you look at the four teams that are in that play-in scenario right now in the Eastern Conference, like, I have more faith in Washington, Chris, at this point right now, just given the stars that they have at Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, the way that they've been playing. Like, Miami Heat, they're terrible offensively. The Charlotte Hornets really beat up if they were fully healthy. I think it'd be all in on them being another one of those play-in teams. And then the Indiana Pacers were kind of vanilla at this point. Uh, the I don't know why the Washington Wizards wouldn't be the favorite to grab one of those play-in seeds at this point. Yeah, we, so when you mention the Pacers, I just don't understand what the issue is with them because I look at them on a piece of paper, I look at their roster, and I'm like, okay, Karis LeVert provides some extra offense, Malcolm Brogdon, Steady Freddie, uh, Demontis Sabonis, an all-star, Miles Turner, your blocks leader, and where's it going wrong? I, I don't have an answer to that. So I, I still think like their team that even, at, even though they struggle to get wins, that I'm like always waiting for them to turn it around. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For the Wizards, it's the opposite. They have their identity. Hey, we're gonna ride Westbrook and Beal. They're they're Westbrook is back to playing at an MVP level, fourth season averaging a triple double. Like I said, historic. Bradley Beal fighting for the scoring title, which should be his. I mean, he had it locked up earlier in the season. And everyone else, play your part. Uh, I think the Daniel Gafford trade was huge for them. It's something they've needed, needed to get done for years in adding a young, um, athletic big that plays above the rim. It's something John Wall never had in the bigs that he had while he was here. You know, he had Marching Gortat and Nene who were plotting bigs. So I think for Westbrook, it makes life easier. It creates uh, mid-range opportunities for him. And for Westbrook to be the NBA leader in clutch field goal percentage, like what? He's not a good shooter, but that shows that he makes the, you know, makes and takes the tough shots uh, when they matter most. Yep. So if they get in right now where they stand, need to win the two games to potentially get into the play in, would put them in the eighth seed. As it sits right now, Brooklyn Nets in control of the number one seed. 
how much of a pain in the ass is the, are the Wizards going to be for Brooklyn, right? Because we know about the two games that they won. Uh, the Westbrook steal on the inbounds hit the three to win that game all the way. Was it January, December? A, a ridiculous end to that game. But they have beat the Nets twice. Now, the difference is James Harden, but I look at that 1-8 matchup. I don't think the Nets would be in danger of losing that if they were fully healthy. But if the Wizards are going to make these some really tight games, cover a bunch of spreads in like a five- or six-game series, I don't think I'd be surprised, would you? Here's the key to that. You said it in the middle of um, your whole explanation there. James Harden. And, you know, the Wizards, with Katie and Kyrie both on the floor, uh, Katie had a chance to win it, missed. Kyrie had a chance to win it, missed. You kind of saw like, oh, this team can compete with Brooklyn. And if you look at the rosters without James Harden, um, I know Kyrie's name is more revered around the league than Bradley Beal. We all get that. But is Kyrie indeed a better consistent scorer than Bradley Beal? No. Uh, And Russell Westbrook is a maniac, different type of player, MVP, just like Kevin Durant. And he's been healthier this year. In fact, I mean, Russell Westbrook leads the Wizards in games played. So when I look at that, if you have Kyrie and KD as the healthy factors, you go, okay, the Wizards have a legitimate shot. But I think if James Harden is on the floor, uh, no way. I think it's an easy Nets win that series. And if it's a first-round matchup, how healthy will um, James Harden be? Because Steve Nash just said, yeah, we don't know. He's a long way away. I believe that's the terminology. A ways away from getting back on the court. If that's true, if that's more than coach speak, and he's not 100%, in that first-round matchup, man, I, I really do think the Wizards have a shot. But if James Harden is out there, I, I don't I don't think the Wizards can match that last piece of firepower, which is an MVP firepower. Yep. So Wizards, again, last night comfortably winning over the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, the Lakers, we could talk about that. They, you know, one of these many teams that are dealing with injuries and health issues. But let's stick with these Eastern Conference playing teams because this is a pretty – I think it's a fascinating thing. I think both conferences are pretty fascinating at this point. But I want to talk about the team at the top of the plane at this point right now. And they're behind Boston because of the tiebreakers at this point. But the Miami Heat, what happens if Miami gets out of the plane and gets Milwaukee? Like – is that matchup still an issue for the Milwaukee Bucks? Because to me, the biggest difference with Miami from last year and this year, it should be the biggest difference for anybody. Statistically, the three-point shooting is important, Chris. It has completely disappeared. They missed Jay Crowder. They're trying to piece it together, right, with the acquisitions of Trevor Ariza, Nemanja Bilica, Victor Oladipo, who hasn't played. They're really good defensively, but I think they need that three-point shooting to get to the Milwaukee Bucks if they get that sixth seed. How dangerous is Miami in your mind? Can they actually put it back together here? It's it's really odd what's happened with them this year because outside of like that eleven game stretch in which they were just gangbusters, I think they were ten yeah. and one. They've been just mediocre, you know, middling. And here's the thing that I tell people: before the restart last year, how would you have described the uh, Miami Heat? You would say middling, mediocre, questionable. Like, none of us had them going to the finals, all right? So I can't count them out because of what they did last year. And Bam Adebayo has the secret sauce to, I don't want to say neutralize, but minimize Giannis in a playoff series. The key to that's going to be Drew Holiday. We all know Miami Heat wanted Drew Holiday, didn't have what they, you know, needed to offer to go get him. And that's, what, that's why they signed him to that extension. He's supposed to be the X factor that gets them over the hump. So I I think that would be an incredible series uh, to see how true that is with Drew Holiday. Would they be in any danger of not making it? Like at this point right now, Miami is the seventh seed for those who are listening, right? Charlotte Hornets right behind them. They're pretty much in control of the seven. Like it would take a pretty big collapse here at this point over the last 10 games. Actually, I think they only have nine. No, they have, yeah, they have nine games left. Um, But it looks like it's either going to be them or Boston here in that six, seven range. And they could flip back and forth. Even if they're in the play-in, as mediocre as they've been, I wouldn't think they're in danger of losing to, like, a beat-up Charlotte team or Indiana, right? No, and and the reason I say no is as long as Jimmy Butler's healthy, there's just no way he's going to let that happen. He's got the willpower um, to get them over that mark. If that, you know, like when you – that's kind of the thing with a guy like Jimmy Butler where I always wonder, oh, how good is he? 
and then in the biggest games and the biggest matchups, he plays his absolute best. So if they're facing elimination, if they're in a situation where they're going to underachieve, I have way more faith in him than, you know, anybody on the Pacers team to get them over that hump. You see what I mean? So, um, and, and I think Miami still plays hard. Like, I know that's something that may get overlooked, but when you give that effort all year round, I feel like in the postseason, it comes to fruition. And that's what happened with them last year. I do think they lack the talent to come out of the East, but I think as far as, you know, making it at least to the second round, I, I think they have enough talent to do that. So we, we mentioned quickly the Indiana Pacers. We, we should also allude to the fact that right, they're a little beat up. DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner haven't really been playing lately. I think it's like five consecutive missed games for the two of them. I think Turner's been out a little bit longer than that. Um, so let's talk about them because, the, the, you know, it's funny. The elephant in the room, Chris, for all of these, a lot of these teams, right? The Charlotte Hornets, the Indiana Pacers, it's health. Like if these teams start to become fully healthy, especially a team like the Hornets who can shoot the crap out of the ball when everybody's on the floor, like this is going to be a really big difference maker. How much of a difference does it make here for Indiana if Turner and Sabonis are on the floor together? Because I think it would surprise some people if you look at some of the numbers. When they're on the floor together, as opposed to when they're off the floor together, the Indiana Pacers actually have a better net rating when both of them are off the floor. Yeah, because they occupy the same space. Um, And I also think that in today's NBA, when you have – like Miles Turner blocks a lot of shots, right? But then what teams do is they pick and pop them out of the universe. And then he has to run out there and uh, try to defend. Same thing with Sabonis. But I think the difference is with Sabonis, he provides so much for them offensively that it kind of offsets it. So, I don't know. I think they (laughs) – I've I've said for like the last two years that I think one of them needs to go. And then Sabonis became an (laughs) all-star. You know what I mean? I was like, wait – both of these guys are centers. They're not power forward and center in the league. They're both centers. Um, and both are starting centers. So how do you put Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Interact with the show on Twitter at me, JVT, at Roach underscore 97, and at VSIN Live. Okay, so let's transition out of the Eastern Conference. Let's head to the West. As we look at the teams that are in contention for the play-in right now, I'll ask you out of Portland, San Antonio, Golden State, which one gets the eight seed? This is me assuming, too, that Memphis is going to win a play-in spot, but we'll get to the Grizzlies. But out of the three, Portland, San Antonio, Golden State, which do you have the most faith in that will probably grab one of those two play-in spots? 
Man. I feel like because of see Dave and CJ are both top five in clutch scoring. So when you get down to close games, you got two guys that can like just get you a bucket, just win you a game. So when you're in a playing situation, like that's what it comes down to a lot of times. But the rest of that team, it just seems like it's a dumpster fire. Like the pieces don't fit. Um, Man, Golden State, it's hard to, you know, Steph Curry's at this place where it seems like people question his legacy and he needs that like a moment without Clay, that moment without KD. And I think this could be it. So I don't want to bet against him either. If I had to say it today, I'm going with Golden State simply because Steph Curry just, you know, set the record for most threes in a month. And he's playing at a at, at a place where he's just spectacular. And I think, um, yeah, Wiggins, Oubre, Steph, Draymond, I think that's enough when I look at the other teams in that, in that position. And the Spurs, it just seems like Pop, Popovich is doing a great job, but I don't think they have the talent that those other teams yeah. have. Well, and they just lost Derek White for the season, right? They had the sprained right ankle. He's not going to be there. That's what talking career-high 15 points a game, third-leading scorer. That's going to hurt him in the big picture, too. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I am really surprised that the pieces don't fit with Portland, right? Like, I thought Robert Covington was the perfect addition to help them out in terms of their wing defense. Norman Powell's not a terrible defender by any means, and he helps in terms of their offensive setting, right? Just perimeter-oriented offense that just shoots a bunch of threes. I'm really surprised about how poor... Portland has come together here. Are we on the verge of something like changing here? Because they, like, given the talent on this team, Chris, there's no way that this team should be in danger of a play-in seed. Yeah, it, and here's the thing. They have not progressed defensively. And yep. I, I know the concept of like CJ and Dame. Oh, they're so amazing. I don't, it, hmm. Not that they're little guys, right? Because they're still big people. But when you talk about guards in this league, they just are two guys who, when it comes down to the wire, do I trust them defending, you know, the 6'5 or 6'6 um, athletic guy on the wing? Or if Denver trots out there, you know, with MPJ and um, Aaron Gordon, like they're just undersized. And that's just how, how it's been with them. Yep, it's been uh, very disappointing. Now, this is also somebody who bet them before the season started to win the title because I thought everything was going to be awesome. So I am a little salty in that regard. Uh, all right, one, a couple more Western Conference teams before we get you out of here in this play-in situation. Again, we're talking with Chris Miles, uh, NBA TV host at Chris Miles TV up on Twitter. So I mentioned in passing the Memphis Grizzlies. Am I wrong to assume that this team is going to get one of these play-in spots because they have been playing – Really good basketball, especially offensively, right? In April, I'm going to double-check this. This was a couple of days ago. Uh, let's see. Yep, they are now sixth in offensive efficiency in April. At one point, a couple of days ago, they were first. This team has been really good, and they have slowly started to come back together in terms of health. Jaron Jackson back on the floor. John Morant has kind of been, I don't even call it a slump. He hasn't been as electric as he was last year, but he's starting to pick things up. What do you make of Memphis, and am I wrong to just assume that this team is, you know, like kind of like the Wizards, one of the favorites to take one of these playing spots with the way that they've been playing and the way that they're coached, too, by the way? So, five things here. One, I disagree with you on John Morant not being as electric okay. <laughs> because I do the top ten plays for NBA.com. Okay. Yeah. every single night that he plays, we we have to, like, take out a play that should be – you know, in the top 10 so that there's balance in the force. So whether it's like this a ball fake or dropping a player on a crossover or, you know, dunking on someone or, you know, reversing in the game, like this dude is just, I think he's the biggest highlight maker in the NBA right now. I really do uh, every single night. So there's that aspect that just a slight disagreement there only because I'm up at 1 a.m. Like, wait, what did he do tonight? You know, of course. Um, well, and, and to be fair, too, he just went through a five game stretch where I think he averaged like 30 points a game and was absolutely insane. So they're very well taken the point. Yeah. So and I, I didn't even look at the stat. I'm just saying from the yeah. actual, you know, actual plays. Uh, second part of that, I'm partial to Memphis because of um the interactions that I've had with uh, Coach Jenkins and with Ja, where I, I just I am so high on their men- mentality and they know who they are. For instance, 
they've been leading the league in points in the paint all season because Ja gets in there and scores. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas gets in there and scores. And that's like their identity. The other thing is they've been top five in defensive rating all season. So they've been consistent in those two things that are the gritty and grind like stats that no one loves or pays attention to. Everybody focuses on threes, right? So Mm -hmm. there are those two things that make me think that they're dangerous against any opponent because they're going to remain in the game. Um, I think their outside shooting is their biggest Achilles heel. And again, that's like what everyone's looking for these days. And like you said, with Coach Jenkins, um, I've had the opportunity to, you know, interview him, but also see how the players react when they don't when they don't know media members are around, you know, and mm-hmm. they're all in like they believe in each other. Uh, if you talk to them without a microphone, without a camera, it's kind of like the same thing. And they all believe getting Jaron Jackson Jr. back gets them over the hump. That's how they feel as a group. You know, there's no jealousy and that sort of thing. So, man, I don't know what the limit is for the Grizzlies. i tell you what I think. I think that, like, with the Nuggets four years ago, when I, I talked to Michael Malone, I said, okay, they're, they're next. I feel like the Grizzlies are one player away, one shooter, really, away from being next. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel about them. Yeah, I would completely like a a very dominant wing player would be really awesome for that team. Like that would be a lot of fun, and they would be absolutely incredible. I think, and they're young. Like that's the cool part about it. And you know, I'm a big Brandon Clark fan. I used to cover UNLV hoops and Mountain West hoops, so I got to see him, you know, right away with San Jose State all those years ago. And you watched him play, you're like, wow, this kid's incredible. And then to transfer to Gonzaga and see where he's at now, it's been absolutely nuts to see that evolution. All right. Chris Miles with us before we get you out of here really quickly. One team that I really want to talk about. And I think for the most part, it has been kind of disappointing for a lot of people. And I, I do think to an extent, I don't think Adam Silver like kicked down the door and was like, we need to make this plan so we get Zion Williamson in. But to an extent, Zion Williamson, the New Orleans Pelicans, the ability to get into a play at end of playoffs, this was made with the thought of, let's see if we can get some of these young stars extra bites at the apple to get them onto the big stage. The Pelicans have flamed out. Over the last two weeks, they have been absolutely falling flat on their face. Yesterday, they lose by two to Denver in a ridiculous game down the stretch. They were down by nine with like 42 seconds left to go. Start hitting ridiculous threes and are able to cut into that and finish within a bucket. So this is a really open-ended question, but I'll just ask it. What went wrong with the New Orleans Pelicans this year? Lack of identity. It's the exact opposite um, from the Memphis Grizzlies. And they're 26th in opponent um, points per game. 26th. And you look at it like, well, you got Steven Adams. He's supposed to plug up the middle. And, uh, you know, Lonzo Ball is supposed to be good at on-ball defender. So is Eric Bledsoe. And uh, Brandon Ingram should be good enough to defend his position. Like, you start to go down a list and you're like, why don't they play defense? And I, I don't have the answer because I feel like Stan Van Gundy is a guy that preaches defense. I'm not in that locker room. I don't know. But whatever it is, you know, they're fifth in points per game, uh, ninth in assists. You know, point Zion, which is something he's done since his AAU days. I mean, that's his position, a point forward. Uh, third in rebounding because, again, Zion and Steven Adams are beasts down there. So it's like, oh, what's missing? They just don't defend. Point blank, period. You're not going to win. You know, people who say, oh, no one plays defense. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Look at the top of the standings. Those teams play defense, and they get after it at the end of games. Oh, boy. Chris, that is a can of worms. I, the, the one thing that gets me more angry than anything is people who are, they don't play defense. I don't watch the NBA anymore. It's clear you don't watch the NBA because some of the best teams in the league uh, are some of the best defensive teams in the league, and you see it at the bottom of the standings, to your point. Uh, all right, Chris Miles, again, NBA TV host, NBC Sports Washington as well. Uh, Chris, I, I really appreciate it today. I know you're a busy guy, so thanks for taking some time out today, and uh, hopefully we catch up again soon as the postseason gets started, all right? Yeah, make sure you always say, go Knicks. Knicks tape is back, baby. Hey, well, real, hey, bring that up really quickly. Julius Randle's most improved player, right? Like, there's there's nothing that's taken it from him. Interesting. I think he's going to win it, but I think the award should go to Michael Porter Jr. Ooh, okay. You know what's funny? I was watching I'm watching Porter yesterday play, and, you know, the late push that he has been making, I so I have, full disclosure, I have a bet on Julius Randle 22-1 to to win most improved player. And I really think that he has like a stranglehold on this, but Porter's play has made me a little hot under the collar. Like he's been incredible. So to me here, hmm, Julius Randle is the same player he's been for the last four years since he got in shape. 
It's just that he's playing 38 minutes and he has the ball all the time, right? So yeah. when I look at the term, most he's not improved. He just has the ball all the time and he has the opportunity that he's always deserved. Michael uh, Porter Jr. increased his scoring average by 10 points a game um, and is in his second year and is looking like a star in this league that may, com- may keep the Denver Nuggets competitive uh, for a championship after losing Jamal Murray. Like, that's a huge narrative in itself. But like I said, I think Randall's going to win it, but I'm, 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 I'd be remiss if I just sat here and overlooked uh, Michael Porter Jr. And, you know, kudos to Jeremy Grant, who um, norm- in a normal year would be the front runner. All right, you made me a little nervous. I might have to throw a few shekels on Michael Porter Jr. just to be safe. <laughs> I know. I think, I think Randall's going to win it. I think yeah. Randall's going to win it. It's his award. Um, but, man, I, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the guy that uh, deserved it. Yep. Again, Chris Miles. Chris, thank you very much for the time, man. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.